Well, happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. I hear my daughter crying in the background. <laughs> yeah, now we can hear you. It's just a matter of time before she shows up. Hopefully I prepared this time. <laughs> um, I do hope that everyone's had a great week. Um, I must have written the sermon like three times and scrapped it and started over again. Um, I think when Blanca texted me for the title and the scripture, I, I was already getting nervous because I've been, in essence, kind of living with the story um, of Paul and Silas in prison. Um, and I just couldn't seem to, to kind of round it out. You know, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting a thing to first of all prepare a sermon and then write it and then speak it um, as you go throughout the week it seems like things change like every day it's something different every day uh, maybe God is impressing you with something different every day you have a different struggle a different challenge a different difficulty that you're faced with that you are having to overcome and I think that's just the reality of life for all of us and it's not just the reality of the person who's up here speaking, it's the reality of every single person here in this church who seeks out God, who strives to live a life of faith. It's like every day is something different. Every day is something new. Um, so with that being said, um, I, I'd like to start today with prayer and asking God to, to be uh, here with us in a way that we understand. Father in heaven, we want to First of all, thank you because that you have given us all. And today we stop and we remember that it is of utmost importance to you uh, to spend time with us, uh, to, to, to connect with us, to speak to us, to walk with us. And in this moment, Lord, as we think about you and as we talk about you, we ask that your Holy Spirit may be here in a special way um, in a way that we understand. I pray for your special anointing on these words, um, fragile as they might be. Um, let them carry your message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so like I said, this week, uh, you know, it's interesting. I got a lot, a lot of things done. Um, it was a productive week. It was a good week. Um, but also, as I, uh, as I prepared... To stand here and preach this morning, I felt uh, a familiar spiritual uh, battle building up. You, do you know what I'm talking about? That just all of a sudden, just things start feeling weird and you're, you're not entirely sure what it is. Things just start feeling off. And, and maybe at the back of your mind, you think, oh, maybe I should pray. Maybe this is, a, this is the moment where I need to stop and pray. Um, but then you don't. <laughs> And so I didn't. I didn't. And by the time I felt myself kind of drowning in anxiety, it was too late. I woke up, I think, uh, Tuesday night in the middle of the night, just anxious, heart racing. I was irritable, you know. Um, <laughs> and Tanya and I had had a, a very minor disagreement, but it just, it just kind of threw me off. And the next morning, you know, I'm on my hands and knees with my face to the ground praying to God to do something. I needed a sign, you know, I was just asking God, give me something, anything, Lord, like literally anything. 
And I have to be honest with you, um, I didn't know if God would respond. It's, it's like sending that, that, that text to a friend who you haven't talked to in a while, and you just don't know if they're going to respond, but you send it anyway. And God and me used to be so close. You know, and, and all of a sudden, in a couple of days, it just feels like there's a disconnect, you know? Somewhere amidst the, the toddler tantrums, the, the Paw Patrol TV show, the <laughs> constant tiredness, I just went on autopilot. You know, like sometimes your spiritual life just, just goes on autopilot. And there's something that, that, that's true about me, is that I know that I cannot leave God. Like, I, I am not myself. God is, is such an integral part of my life that if you take him out, it's just, I don't, I don't know how to be, like, literally. So, you know, there I am on the floor praying, kind of spilling out my heart and soul. And, you know, sometimes when you pray, you just feel like you're going through the motions. Like, it doesn't literally feel, like, you don't feel anything. It's just kind of just coming out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very difficult situation for me spiritually. I've always, I've always prayed like this. I've always, since I was a teenager, I'd get down on my hands and my knees and, and, and my face to the ground until just everything is out of me. All the frustration or anxiety or the chaos is just all prayed out. Um, and then you just sit there in silence, you know, just, just waiting. Just waiting for a response, for a memory, for an impression, for a, a very clear and certain sense that God is with me. It's like a be still and know that I am God moment. Right? It's like waiting for that whisper amidst the earthquake and the thunder and the lightning and the windstorm as you're just kind of hiding in a cave. My relationship with God has been intense, to say the least. In the past, it's, it's made people uncomfortable. <laughs> for me to say that God impressed me with an image while in prayer would make people uneasy. So I stopped talking about it a very long time ago. I'm only mentioning it today because I want you to know how badly I was missing God. Not that God wasn't around, of course. He is. I know it. I see little traces around me. He leaves, you know, what appears to be little notes here and there, signs saying, you know, that he loves me from time to time. And I tend to just nod and acknowledge and move on with a daily life, right? The diaper change the brewing of the coffee so that I can wake up in the morning, um, getting Zoe her breakfast, feeding the cat who's annoyingly meowing at me at my feet. <laughs> and then I feel God sometimes pat me on the shoulder and say, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Amen. And, you know, I nod and move on. You know, when work got overwhelming and I actually anxiously searched for relief, I felt God nudge me repeatedly, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here. But, you know, I was just much too busy to take the time. And things have calmed down a bit lately, so I felt sort of odd feeling this anxiety all of a sudden again. I struggle to sometimes show myself entirely. Um, Natani knows this. I, I don't state my needs. It's hard. I'm a guy, and I think most men 
struggle with this, saying what you need, asking for help. So at times it makes you feel like maybe no one cares, but really it's because you haven't spoken up. You know that old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil? I hate it. I hate that saying. Like, what do you mean the squeaky wheel gets the oil? You mean you're not watching the wheel? Does it mean like you don't, you don't know that it needs to be oiled regularly? Like, why do you wait until it makes a noise? Like, why do you wait until your car is burning the engine oil to like pay attention? And by the time I'm making noise, it's because I'm like right about ready to fall off. You know, in my mind, it's like, don't be negligent. But always, I come back to it. Like, I'm the one who needs to say what I need. It's a struggle that began when I was a kid, and it's always been a thing for me. But nothing makes you realize all of those cracked and broken areas like having a child will. We're only three years in, so... Don't ruin it for me by telling me what to expect. I love her with all my heart. And the truth is that people in my generation, people my age, and I'm looking around, um, we have a lot of stressors that, you know, maybe go on unspoken, you know, just things like student debt, underemployment, over being overworked, you know, underpaid, overstressed. College degree doesn't mean what it used to. It just doesn't. You know, the market isn't what it once was. The future looks bleak. Everywhere we have this kind of dystopian feeling, this understanding that the world has already begun ending, you know? Um, Even people outside the church, you know, they believe this now. It's reality. It's an impending doom. And I'm not saying that college is worthless. (laughs) I'm not. As a previous college advisor, I can tell you it's not. But you do need like an extra, an extra element, an extra push. It's no longer just a degree that speaks for you. It's, it's, it's who, you, who you become, who you develop into, how, how passionate and how willing to suffer you are for the things that you actually love. Your brand. Your brand. I guess you call that your brand. It's just, it's all of you. It's not just the paper. It's literally all of you. Um, you know, but even people outside the church believe that the world is beginning to end. There's a sense of impending doom. Uh, We wake up wondering how anyone ever makes it in life. And at that point, you know, I feel the spirit, you know, stand next to me. Like, hey, did you forget about me? No, of course not. I could could never forget. And I ask, I feel myself praying, you know, but Lord, how, how do I, how do I do this? Are you sure you have the answer to these things? Like, I'm glad you're here to comfort me or whatever, but I, I've got a real circus to deal with here. <laughs> I'm not sure if you got the memo, but things are not okay. It's nice of you to show up, though. I can be mean sometimes. I don't like it. So, you know, this week something snapped in me. The light went on. The spirit reclaimed me. And as I lifted up, my head from prayer, I, a sense of peace had filled me. You know, I looked at my phone and my aunt had texted me before I even had woken up that morning. And uh, she says, everything okay? I had a strong feeling I should pray for you. 
Uh, the Spirit again. Amen. It's been a few weeks now since I've begun encouraging daily prayer with our young adults. Uh, and I've been doing the best to pray myself daily. Um, the encouragement was pray five minutes every day. Just schedule it. Literally put it in your busy schedule to pray for five minutes. It's the bare minimum. But this week for me, it became like breathing. Uh, I know Jesus said prayer is a private thing, so I'm not really here to really boast in anything. I'm just simply telling you how the Spirit has not given up on me or you. Uh, but something happened while I prayed. I, re- I remembered Him. I remembered God. I missed God. I missed knowing who I am in Him. He was more than willing to take me in, to embrace, to respond, to answer, to walk with me. God is real. If you want your spiritual life to grow and improve, you have to seek connection with God every day. Just like if you want to learn to play an instrument, you have to practice regularly. Or if you're a bodybuilder, you have to work out. If you're a follower of Christ, but do not spend time in scripture and prayer, then what are you doing? Right? Like, what's the saying? Do you even lift, bro? I know I don't. Like, I probably should. I know I don't. The point is, you should probably be praying. God said, if my people prayed, then I would hear from heaven and come and heal their land. He's literally just waiting for you to take that step. To say that prayer that you know is lodged inside your heart. The one that causes the knot in your throat or the pit in your stomach. He knows just how hopeless things can feel at times. Paul writes, But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. See, he, he knows what he's talking about. Paul knows what he's talking about. Beaten, flogged, stripped, chained, feet in the stocks. Paul and Silas find themselves in prison, in a maximum security prison cell in Philippi, for setting a young slave girl free from a demon that gave her the power to tell the future. This is in Acts chapter 16. It's been a story I've been sitting with all week. But this, 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 this casting out of this demon, it was a huge deal because the slave girl was making her owners loads of cash by fortune telling. Paul set her free in Jesus' name. But she had been twice possessed, once by the demon, secondly by her owners. And this got them thrown into prison for doing what God had called them to do. Like, they were not criminals. They didn't do anything they weren't supposed to be doing. Like, Paul and Silas were doing God's work. They were literally doing what God had called them to do, and yet they end up in this prison. Afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, and quite literally struck down. Paul and Silas begin praying in this prison. Paul and Silas begin singing hymns through the night in this prison. Praying and singing is heard throughout the prison by these two bloodied, hungry prisoners. 
Their voices fill the darkness. At their darkest moments, they knew to keep going, to keep praying, to keep singing. I mean, you've got to keep praying through the dark, and you've got to keep singing through the pain. Let me tell you, it doesn't get easier. The more you follow Christ, the more difficult things can get. Yes, things can be amazing, but I'm also not going to lie to you. When the accuser sees you take God's hand, he comes for you in a rage. He'll aim at your weakness. He'll strike you down when you're, he'll strike you when you're down. And he'll put lies in your head. Because he's afraid of what you are capable of in Jesus' name. Truth is, he's afraid of what Colton SDA is capable of in Jesus' name. I mean, if we prayed, whew, <laughs> the devil's in trouble, right? He knows it. He knows it all too well. But I'm not here about to, to, to boast about you know, how strong the devil might be or what he might be able to do or not. I'm, I'm here to tell you that the devil has already been defeated by Jesus. Amen. Like, I'm here to tell you that all that imprisons you has already been defeated by God. Like, like if you're struggling with addiction that chains you down or, or, or guilt that imprisons you or, or that depression or anxiety or, or, or whatever it is that puts lies in your head, they have already been defeated in Jesus' name. You just got to keep praying. You just got to keep singing through the dark. You got to get down on your knees and ask God to break in, to answer your prayer, to let there be light in the darkness by his word and not our own. See, God will lead you to the resources that you might need, the support, the people in your life that will remind you of him. God will break through. It might not be the way that you expect it to happen, but he will. Jesus says, knock and the door shall be opened. In other words, the squeaky wheel wins again. So back to Paul and Silas. They're praying and they're singing and it's about midnight, Acts says. The proverbial midnight that, that just you know, keeps showing up in scripture, it's, it's, it means that morning is about to break, but it gets really dark right before that. When all of a sudden that horrible sound comes ro- rolling through, you know, it's the sound of an earthquake, right? So you know, we're all Californians. We, we know the sound it makes before you feel it. Now imagine listening, hearing that in, in, in a pitch black prison cell and your feet are attached to the ground. It's a horrible, terrifying sound. And Paul, I imagine, looks at Silas next to him, even though he can't really see anything, and it's pitch black. It's the middle of night, and the ground begins to shake. The dust starts falling, uh, followed by small bits of stone and the wall. And, and Silas is over here singing hymns, you know? Like, you ever know someone like Silas? <laughs> they just, they just got to sing. Paul's trying to figure out what's happening and Silas is over here singing, you know, I don't know what he's singing, a hymn, you know, holy, holy, I don't know what he's singing, but the earthquake is happening and he's not stopping. And the walls begin to crack and the very foundation of this prison gets rocked. And all of a sudden, these prison doors just swing open and the chains become unfastened. Their feet are free to move about. Paul breaks loose. Silas is still singing. But, you know, I'm imagining Paul reaches over and grabs Silas and walks out the door. Paul wasn't making things up when he wrote those words, afflicted but not crushed, 
perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. How? Prayer. And hymn singing, apparently. Again, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Often we believe more in the strength of the system, of the government, of the power of money, either to entice or enslave us. Uh, We get overwhelmed by our struggles, by the sleeplessness, the stress, the fears. And sometimes we believe more in what's in front of us that's opposing us than in the one who is with us and who is next to us. We, give, we literally give up before we even take a step in faith. Paul also wrote the words, If God is with us, who can be against us? Amen. So, as I challenge you to pray, and as you begin praying, even if it feels like going through the motions, even if it feels like no one is actually listening, even if it feels awkward to pray, Keep going. Don't quit. You see, prayer isn't meant to change God. God will always be God. God will always bring about light from dark, good from terrible circumstances. God does not change. What changes is you. Your mindset, your faith, your understanding of, our, of your own identity through God's eyes, that's what changes. You may be afflicted, but not crushed. Confused or perplexed, but not driven to despair. You may be persecuted, but you're never abandoned. You might get struck down, but never destroyed. Because God is and always has been with you. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the One who walks besides you, guiding you, leading you. This Holy Spirit is God's very presence. By definition, God's presence will bring goodness into your life. But it will also invite conflict with your own understanding of how the world works, of where power lies, of who is worthy of grace and who is not. Truth, not as a fact, but as a way of life. The truth about yourself before the truth about others. We are, in fact, jars of clay. Not worthless, but useful. Not unbreakable, but fragile. Not powerful. But there's this treasure that Paul says is within us. To make it clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not belong to us. (laughs) But really, power? Like, we have extraordinary power? Like, where? That's that's a real question I'm asking myself. Where is this extraordinary power that that Paul is is talking about? Because I don't seem to have felt it recently. I don't know about you guys. Romans 8, verse 11 says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. 
Like, first of all, like, stop. Did, like, did, did you hear it? Did you catch it? The Spirit of God that's, that raised Jesus from the tomb lives in you. In 2 Corinthians 4.14, Paul says, Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us into your presence. That's the reason why they go through this. Paul is aware that through prayer and worship of the one true God, Jesus begins to mold us into his image by the Holy Spirit, a very real and present help in times of danger and struggle and confusion. So I am simply here to remind you of maybe what you've been missing out on lately, because I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one that struggles to pray. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that goes on spiritual autopilot. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that's fallen into depending on a once a week sermon to kind of feed me. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that's felt that spiritual anemia, if you know what I mean. Doesn't mean you're not eating. It's just you're not eating what you need. You're not getting what you need. You're depending on someone else. I'm here to remind you, Jesus said, Abide in me as I abide in you. So the question is, have we been abiding? Or have we just been around? I want you to know <laughs> that Jesus is absolutely willing and ready for you whenever it is that you're ready for him. And things might not look the way that you would expect them to. It might not be a quick fix. Jesus is not a, a prescription pill that you take to you know, get rid of that problem that you have. It doesn't work that way. Jesus will call you to follow him. Jesus will challenge you. Jesus will challenge you to look at yourself and, 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 and face the truth about who you are, but also begin to mold you into who he knows you should be. It's a relationship. And a relationship does not happen unless you talk, unless you communicate. And so I know that for a lot of us, to be reminded of such simple things sometimes causes guilt. This is not about guilt. This is about a reminder that Jesus continually calls us to his side. That he continually walks beside you, whether you acknowledge him or not. To remind you that grace is not dependent on your actions. Jesus died for you before he even, you were even alive. Paul says, Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. And it's because of his kindness in response to that kindness that we then search him and then we in presence, in his presence, become 
his disciples and, and start becoming molded into what we really should become. And so that daily struggle, that daily kind of feeling of I don't know what's going on and everything is kind of there's no purpose to anything and we're just kind of going through the motions here dealing with COVID and maybe stress at work and maybe stress in your relationship and maybe you just don't know where you fit in anymore. Maybe that's a call to come to Jesus. And in those moments, realize and remind yourself who you are in him. For God said, for Jesus said, true life is this, that you know God and I want you to live. So in this moment, as we all recognize our need for Jesus in our lives, our need for that that daily spiritual bread, that, that living water. I want you to think of this as we sing our, our closing hymn.